Very excited to once again be joined by third baseman in the Toronto Blue Jays organization, Damiano Pomigiani. Welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me again. Hey, you know what's been cool is since we last chatted, every time I see your name written about or anytime I see you talked about the term power bat gets added to uh, as a descriptor there. So your your prowess for home run hitting is starting to get around, man. That's pretty cool. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I, I like to think that's always kind of been has really totally. been a secret, I guess, try to what I try to do, but uh Hey, I'll, I'll take it. If, if someone, anytime someone's writing nice things, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. As you get closer to the bigs, right? That's what's happening is that, uh, those, those power tools are, uh, being looked at more. I know you finished second in that Arizona fall league home run derby. Do you like the derby? Is it kind of cool? Like who did you have throwing to you? And <clears throat> like, it must be such a weird thing to like go in to a derby thinking, the complete opposite of what you would normally digging into the batter's right. box. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you about it. Honestly, like I knew, uh, obviously I know that if a part of the AFL, like, and part of me going into the league was thinking like, Oh, it'd be pretty cool if they asked me to. And then as I started playing the first few weeks, I was like, uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's October. I'm pretty tired. Like in BP, you know, we're getting a little more technical, less, you know, we're not trying to drive the ball out every, every round. So it got to the point where I was like, man, if they ask me, I don't think I'm going to say yes. Like I, I kind of <laughs> don't, I don't know if I'd want to do it. Like, <laughs> But um, yeah. So up until that point, uh, things were going well. And then uh, I forget who it was. One of the coordinators texted me uh, and asked me if I would do it. And I immediately called my, my agent and I was like I don't know if I want to do it but I feel like it's a great idea and and then he you know obviously he talked me into it as you know there's there's the right way to, to go about it and all that so you know at first I was a little hesitant but then I jumped in and I'm I'm so glad I did because it was actually so much fun um it was ran is super it, well there's a is so it many as physically exhausting as it looks yes yeah. Yes, that's we a week leading into it. There was like two times because we're still playing that week. There was like two times where my my BP thrower was one of was our third base coach with the team, Mike Jacobs. Shout out Mike Jacobs. He's with the Cincinnati Reds. He uh, there's two times where we set aside like a little time period where we're like, all right, we're gonna practice for this. I guess like just you know, I think it's uh it's two minute rounds. Uh, two and a half, uh, two thirty, I think is what it is. Two minute rounds, uh, and then there's no like restriction on the ball has to hit the ground or nothing like that. So, just throw, swing, and if you're ready, you throw again. So I was like, yeah, whatever. This is gonna be cake. Like I swing a lot throughout the day, like no problem. And we got to about forty five seconds on field, him throwing to me. I hadn't hit a single homer. Uh, <laughs> gas, and I just put my hand up. I'm like, stop, like stop. We're not. <laughs> I'm not doing this right now. I got a, I got a game to play. Let's, and then all I said was like, well, you know, shoot, hopefully adrenaline takes over and I don't have to think about it too much. And and that's exactly what happened. But like you black out and you start going through the swings, you start getting on a little roll. Obviously the crowd gets into it. Um, teammates cheering you on. So you get in a little roll and once it's all, once the round's over and you realize you just took freaking 70 swings and in, in two minutes, 
then I could tell how like sweaty and, and tired I was. I was like, Oh boy, that was, <laughs> that's a lot more than I, you know, it's like a lot harder than I, than yeah. I thought it would be. It's like an exercise in endurance too. Like just being able to keep it up. Like I oh, yeah. watching those derbies, man, it's so cool as a fan to watch it go it down, is. but, but seeing guys like yourself, like get in there. And like you said, take 70 swings in a, in a two minute span. Like, were you even feeling it the next day? <laughs> As the rounds went on, I could definitely feel like it kind of getting a little difficult, but it didn't really bother me. Even in the last round, where I like kind of gassed out, but I didn't feel like it. I felt fine, but the next day I got out of bed and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I don't want to move today. You know, everything's yeah. just it's like the hitter equivalent of a marathon the day before. So but I'm glad I did it. So, No, very cool. I know um, obviously power has always been one of your main go-to tools. But as it became more apparent that that's that's the direction that you're headed, right? Maybe that that third base, first base, power bat. Did you notice last year maybe being pitched around a little more than you did in Double A and A? Yeah, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't use the term like pitched Approached around as differently. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think just as you put on more of a body of work uh, through the minor leagues. Um, I guess like scouting reports are really good and, you know, I know what the pitchers do really well and the pitchers know what I do really well. So we try to, you know, they try to stay away from giving me something that statistically they, I have a good chance of hitting. So I think in doing so, I think just getting pitched more into your cold zones and, and, you know, if they see something you maybe have trouble with, like they're not going to stop throwing it until you adjust. Um, so it's, you know, it's kind of a fun learning process going through that. Um, so yeah, I think definitely, um, I think definitely that did result in a lot of weeks of just kind of like feeling like I'm always grinding and, you know, not having any real easy at bats and just credit to the guys I'm, you know, playing against and all that. So I think that's just how it's going to be. And in shoot and triple a big leagues, wherever it only gets, there's only more info. So <laughs> it's, um, I'm just, I'm glad I'm learning how to, you know, take advantage of it and learn from it. That's all I can do. Well, let's speak to that a little bit, swing decisions and just your game plan stepping into the batter's box. Cause it's really easy to show you a graph and be like, don't swing here. It's very cold right. here. But of course, executing that plan is a totally different thing. So right. here we are 2024. Uh, what is your plan when you step into the batter's box going into spring training? Is it different from, let's say, when you were mid-game in AAA last year? Or uh, are you trying to build on something and kind of get to the point where you muscle memory yourself into the mistakes maybe you were making last year and have, have got those out after spring training? How does that work out for you? No, like you put it, that's you put it in a really good way. That's kind of how you think about it. Like I have my, we're talking hitting, like I have my hot zone, I have my approach, I have kind of what I'm looking for. And then as the season goes on, it becomes more refined and you become more aware of like, you know, 
becomes what's hard for you to hit and what where your cold zones are. So when we go into the off season, it's a good period of time where you can kind of break it all down and start taking chances and, and training in different ways or trying new things without having the, I guess, without having the intensity of a, a game where you have to perform, you know, after your cage session and stuff like that. So to put it simply, I think I would say like, I want to grab my hot zone and just, you don't want to make it, you don't to say that you want to make your hot zone the whole play. That's a bad idea because you'll be swinging everything. But if you can, you know, bit by bit start expanding it a little bit and get more comfortable and then you can maybe end that bats a little earlier by swinging out pitches maybe you didn't because you weren't comfortable and you can end them earlier by you know catching a barrel earlier without having to get deep into account or maybe they three two they try to put you away with something in the zone but you can cover it now type of thing so you're just trying to expand that confidence and that you know in that hot zone in the off season and, and that's pretty much all you try to do and take it into spring training and and watch it watch it you know fall into its own speaking of the off season obviously you're you're training throughout it but how much do you come into camp ramped up like do you still have a ways to go right now obviously there's game shape and stuff but like just when it comes to the weight room and stuff like that are you already pretty much max out as you step into spring training yeah, yeah, that's always the goal. Um, I mean, regardless of whether you're going into camp to try to make a team or, or not or, or whatever the case may be, like you always, as a hitter, want to get in there 100% ready to go. Version of yourself that you've spent two to three months working on. Um, and that's a credit to just you know, all the trainers that I work with and, and all the guys around me that, that I work with in the off season, like it's not possible without them. So it's planned out. And yeah, right now I'm ready. I'm, I'm exactly where, where I'd want to be in mid season and stuff like that. So you finished the season in Buffalo. I know you only played about 20 games in AAA there. Uh, you have though been through numerous spring trainings at this point. You've, you've got to be feeling pretty comfortable going into Florida these days. And I'm curious how that plays. Like as you become more experienced and further up the ladder, when it comes to those guys coming to spring, like, do you get your, your, your pick of the facility a little more? Like, is there a part of the the dressing room? Maybe, maybe the rookies are by the washroom or something like that. Like what, what's your first, what's your first day of spring training look like? um yeah no it's a good question uh and yeah i guess like everybody goes through it but there's the biggest there we got a few locker rooms in florida and we we got the biggest one uh where the most people go in obviously um and everybody goes through it your first spring training that's where or if maybe maybe if you're one of the younger guys you know just overseas sign just coming in like that's where you go so there's a lot of guys there and at the end of the day you know a lot of cleats are being taken off a lot of socks are being washed so doesn't smell too great in there and everybody goes through it and then you go through your second one you start going up the levels a little bit that you go into the smaller locker rooms a little more tidier a little less commotion going on so i guess like you just kind of everybody has to go through <laughs> you know their their i guess their way up uh and i guess it, it does get a little more comfortable as you go and I'd say I know my way around kind of how to enjoy it now. Whereas like first year you're all like, Oh, stress. Like there's so many players here. I want to, you know, be ready. I want to impress. And now it's like, Oh, we're 
you know, we're all just trying to get better to help the big league team out one day. That's like the end of the day. That's what everybody's there to do. So, you know, you take it a lot more mellow. You don't, you know, you don't burn out early. You just take it day by day. So I think that's what I've learned about it. Just, it, it is an experience. Isn't it interesting how you can do something your whole life, but like being put in those new positions, like the anxiety can really take away maybe the uh, sharpness or, or how well you can perform and like just getting a spring training under your belt. I know. So like I make my, my living as a stand-up comic. So I'm on the road and I tour quite a bit and I know just this winter I started doing comedy on cruise ships. Now I've been doing comedy for 17 years, right? I've been making a living at it for eight, but man, like that new experience, like I've, I I can't even remember the last time I was that nervous for something right. that I know how to do. So I could imagine same thing works with these rookies that are coming into spring training. And I mean, they've played baseball since they were like, you know, kids, it's still all the same right. thing, but it's like that anxiety can just wear on a person so much. So now that you're more experienced, do you find um, that you want to alleviate some of that um, anxiety from some of the young guys coming in? Like, or do you ever impart wisdom or or try and like get a guy out of his head? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing I do like about spring training, especially early spring training, is that the groups, it's smaller group. Uh, everybody starts showing up later into March. Um, and the smaller group is, is very integrated at every, with every level, you know what I mean? Like there's rookie ball guys, uh, younger guys who just, you know, maybe some higher prospects and stuff like that, um, mixed in with like, you know, some double A guys, triple A guys, all that. So it's really cool to kind of just be their first, I guess their first taste of the guys that I was around when I was a little younger that you look up and you go, okay, how did you get to where you're at? And, you know, do I do I want to take away from you? You know, do I want to take something away from you to that, that could help me, uh, help me get better and stuff and stuff like that. So I, I definitely like, there's, there's a lot of young guys in the org that I see myself in a lot, the way they want to work, the way they have fun, but also they're very serious about what they're doing. They care about their teammates and they care about their work. Um, you know, very selfless guys, um, and you can see that. So I, I, I just kind of want to be one of the, one of the guys that can talk about that they learned from and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily about taking on the mentor role, right? It's just, yeah, my, it's hilarious. My one phone just died in the one ear too here. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> raw dog in it. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of teammates helping each other, I'm curious if there's anyone in the organization that you've kind of recognized as um, a guy who maybe has a similar swing that you're maybe not necessarily trying to emulate, but you like the way he goes about his business in the box and maybe you're uh, borrowing some stuff from them. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys I've played with that I – I'm extremely like, you know, like I, I have a lot of respect for and I learned from just by looking at them. I think when I got to there's a time I mean there's 
same way in the fact that pitch selection and and uh, slugging is important. I think he refers to any in his right hand. So I came to someone who, like, moves, you know, make rain more than I do their swing kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, seeing Davis's success, too, must, uh, as a guy who you watched grind in the minors for the amount of time he did, too, you know, you almost got to respect the the tenacity of a guy like that as well. Absolutely. And I think when, when we talk about someone like that or a story like that, I think the best way to say it is like good things happen to good people and he's one of the best there is. So, you know, just being around him, I only got to play with him for like a week before he got called up to double a when I was with Vancouver. So, uh, but you know, just kind of being around him through spring training and stuff and seeing how, people think of him and how he conducts himself like he's not the only one too like it's just a matter of time for people like that who work mm-hmm. hard are good people they care about others so it's 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 really good i think it's important for people to note that and and see that that's also what it takes to get to where you want to go is to be really to be a good person too and it's funny how maybe that's not brought up enough because there is something to be said for a guy like Davis, who every person we talk to, Damiano, says the same thing, yeah. right? He's just like a good dude who puts in the work and is always a good teammate. And it's just, it's cool to see guys like that succeed. Right. Right. There's enough people and enough evidence to show that... um that it's not a secret, you know what I mean? Like it's not fake. He doesn't seek it out. It's, it's just truly who he is. And that's, like I said, like, I want to take something away from someone uh, that I come across and that's the, one of the biggest things I took away from him. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very cool thing to see. And I mean, you look at around the organization and there's always guys that maybe have something that they struggle at and they work hard at. I know Bo Bichette is a great example of a guy who just grinded it out when it came to the defensive side of the game and went from what was probably uh, a below average shortstop at the big leagues to at least average, maybe even above average at this point. And he worked really hard to get there. Definitely above average. Uh, Definitely above average. And I mean, this is what's cool about you too, is that there were questions in A and double A, does his defense play? And I know across the board, Fangraphs put out their defensive metrics and they they basically, what they say is Damiano, Pamagiani, big league ready for the hot corner. How are you feeling about that? How are you feeling defensively? Obviously, you're never a finished product, right? But where's your confidence level at, at playing the hot corner? It's very, it's very high. I mean, they, uh, I think it's just a credit to the work, you know, like it's, I've never really had a confidence issue, uh, there. It's just the reps and the work. Um, I know that that's a spot that I can stick at. Um, and I just try to take that. I always have that mindset in me. So when I have guys around me who are really freaking good and I have coaches, around me willing to take this time you know i'm not scared of that extra work that it takes and i think i'm actually very glad that that uh, it's starting to show a little bit that you know like 
I understand where maybe some of the questions came from, but I think it can be right kind of thing as if I continue to, to work the way that, you know, I'm being pushed to kind of thing. Obviously you had reps at second base and first last year as well. Um, do you prefer the hot corner? Obviously you're going to take whatever opportunity presents itself, right? There are obviously spots available at third and second. And if you get your shot at second base, I have no doubt you'll gladly take it. But is there a preference when it comes to where you're playing? Do you feel a little more comfortable at third? Um, I would say just experience wise, I've definitely played more, more innings at third base. So I think just like natural experience, there's more there, but I definitely don't, I don't mind. I think the work I've done at first, um, the work I'm getting everywhere else is, is very quality and I, I'm very confident. So, so as long as I'm hitting, I really don't mind anywhere. Yeah. I'm sure the organization feels the same way about that. Uh, out of curiosity, yep, man, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Out of curiosity, when you look back and I know you, you played in the WBC, you've played against some really high end pitchers when it comes to the Arizona fall league. And there's some real good guys throwing the ball in triple A and double A as well. Is there a pitcher that stands out that just what a battle it was when you'd step into the batter's box? There's, I mean, there's, there's quite a few, there's a lot that I've only faced like once or twice kind of thing. So I wish that there's more to fall back on, but there's some guys that I've faced that I walked away going like, that's legit. Like that's good <laughs> stuff. Um, there's a guy, Orion Kirkering on the Phillies. He went from high to the big leagues this year. Um, his stuff is legit. Um, there's a guy like Jackson Joby that I've faced that I've had success against and i've had some really bad at bats against um you know there's i wish you know I, I definitely am like missing out on some guys here that i can't remember but they're like they're everywhere you know they'll just it'll just sneak up on you a guy that you just walk away from going i had no chance you know yeah. and then maybe you face him again later and you're like oh i got him you know so it's 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 cool there's you know you gotta you always have to have your your best when you're facing these guys because none of it is and there's never going to be an easy at bat is there an at bat that stands out where you had 10 plus pitches that you had to deal with before maybe getting a hit like what's the longest at bat you can think of winning longest at bat um i can't think of any like ridiculously long, long ones that ended up in like a hit. I know there's a bunch of long, long ones that end up in like K's and like ground outs, which kind of sucks. But in the <laughs> AF, I remember every pitch he threw. I was like, oh man, like that's good. Like, oh, that's good. And then I had to fight and, and stay alive and take good pitches. And eventually, I think it was 3 2, and I, I earned myself a, a pitch I could hit. And you no, know, I I hit it and and ended up being you know a hit. So I think that one I think is the one that I was like the whole time like yeah that was not a tough at bat like that was not an easy at bat that was a very yeah. tough at bat and it ended up going my way. So people might not think so, but that whole time I was freaking grinding. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right. Um, I do have a couple lister yeah. questions for you here. I know your internet is spotty and I appreciate you trying to rough it out here for us. It is appreciated. 
Um, have you, I know you're from, your, your parents are from Venezuela. Have you ever played baseball there or in the Dominican? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get your audio to play a little louder. I don't know why. Oh, shoot. Here, let me turn it up a little for you. I don't know. I can hear you there. It was a little choppy. All right. I don't know if that's any better. We're <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little better. That's a little better for sure. I'm just putting okay. the, I put the, the phone closer to me so I can hear it a little more because once my headphones die. Yeah, once the I, headphones it was, die. It was yeah. playing a little quiet, but I, I can hear you better now. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so I ask if you've ever played baseball in Venezuela or, or or the Dominican Republic because I was there in January and got to go see some Leadum games, and it was just so cool to watch yeah. baseball culture in that country. And I, I've never been to Venezuela, but I can imagine there's that love of baseball there as well, too. Have, have you had an, a chance to experience the love of baseball outside of Canada and the U.S.? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I didn't get to play baseball in Venezuela because by the time I moved to Canada, I was still too young to play like anything other than you know t-ball and stuff. I did play some t-ball, but that doesn't really, you know. Yeah. Um, but I did go and play the academies, a lot of the major league academies in Dominican when I was with the U eighteen uh, Canadian national team. Yeah. We did a trip. I believe it's in May. Or yeah, it's in May. And you go down and we played the Jays, the Brewers, the Dodgers, the Phillies, all of them. So just to see them and Very cool. their, like, not only their culture, but their path to where we see them today in the big leagues, like, very eye-opening and, and definitely helps me gain, and all which I already had, but helps me gain more of an immense respect for what they do and how hard they work and, and what they go through, you know, it, it definitely, I think it gets overlooked a lot and it's, it's really special. Even seeing it from a fan's perspective in the audience was definitely, like you said, uh, gives you that broader perspective. Cause man, like, it's just, it's the same game and there's the same passion is here, but it's so different. And it's, it's, it's gone about so differently. It was really cool. It was like, it reminded me of the scene in Moneyball where uh, they're like, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball, right? Like, it's just tough in that moment. Like, you're like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. No, I fully, I fully agree with you. I think there's a lot of guys who, who they get to where they're at and, Everybody sees what they do now, but they don't see what they sacrificed to get there, all they had to go through, and whether they're overseas or not. But it's sometimes I think that gets overlooked a bit. So, you know, the respect is, is, is huge. All right, Damiano, let's let's get to some listener questions here before we let you go on with your afternoon. Again, really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us. And uh, maybe when you get to the bigs, you'll have – Big league internet, right? Then we're all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I got all of that. I got a bunch of the the guys I'm living with are probably on their phones right now and playing video games. So that's for yeah. sure what it is. <laughs> okay, so this is from Tristan from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And he says, hey, Damiano, love that you're back on the podcast. Out of curiosity, who is the most intense teammate 
you have ever played with, and on the other side of things, the most lighthearted teammate you've ever played with? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> trying to think. I think intense. Um, we he we just traded last year to the Cardinals, and he's having a lot of success there. I think he'll debut next year, but Adam Klafenstein was oh. was extremely intense when I pitched, when he pitched, uh, and he's not a, a overly intense person. He definitely is fun to play behind. Um, I think a lot of people might even say me in that, but <laughs> he definitely. I think he's definitely more intense than me. So, but uh. And then lighthearted, uh, honestly, I mean, you hear you hear about it a lot and you see him a lot, but Bello, even through good and bad. So he's it's pretty impressive, not going to lie. So I got to go, yeah, I got to go team, team. All right. Did I lose you all together there, man? <clears throat> Did I lose you? Oh, there you are. Now we got you back. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, most lighthearted. You cut out right at that point. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, so I was going to say, you guys are probably, I'm sure everyone's probably pretty aware, but uh, Ricky... When he when he throws through, is he's always super mellow, and it it kind of freaks me out sometimes. He's kind of <laughs> like a robot, <laughs> dude. So I think we can all learn from that. I love that. I love that. All right. Next question is from Michelle from Toronto. She says, "When you played in the WBC, did you find there was added pressure playing for your country?" I would say there's, well, yeah, definitely pressure, but I wouldn't say there's like pressure. I think there's more just a lot of pride on the line. Not really playing. You're not playing so that's pressure, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, this last one is kind of just a fun one. It's from Mark Anthony in Richmond Hill, Ontario. And he says, hey, Damiano, I too am from a big Italian family. We're all rooting for you to make your MLB debut this year. What's the best dish your Nona makes? Not to be that guy, but my Nona, my Nona's cannelloni is better than your Nona's. Winky face. <laughs> Well, I would love to find out that that's, <laughs> yeah. that sounds awesome. Right. You know, answer. I wish, uh, I, I wish I had a personal answer for that. Uh, I didn't experience it uh, too much as she passed when I was only one, but dad, oh, bummer, yeah. my dad talks about her, uh, all the different kinds of spaghetti she made. Uh, um, 
where um and no matter what he will claim oh no my mom made it better always and i, I think at this point he's lying but it, like uh <laughs> you know she had on it yeah i love that i love that all right, Damiano. Honestly, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. I know that yeah. you went out and, and and worked your butt off all afternoon, and then you still made time for us. So we do appreciate it. We're rooting for you, my man. And uh, hopefully we can twist your arm and get you to come back on the show maybe uh, once you're in Buffalo or, fingers crossed, Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I'm uh, I'm happy to happy to jump on. I like doing these, and, you know, it's, it's definitely not a problem for me so i'm glad you guys thought of me and, and invited me back awesome all right my man again thanks for toughing it through this rough internet we do really appreciate your time and uh take care of yourself enjoy your evening and uh, we'll be in touch awesome thank you cheers